This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is Front Row on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs from the award-winning creators of Sip It The Musical. Liver and Lung's brand new production, Melo The Musical, retells the harrowing story of the Pontiana and is set during the Malayan emergency in colonial Malaya. So the musical chronicles the lives of two women, Melor and Champaka, bound by love and friendship but separated by conflicting values and by having married men who are practically polar opposites. So things take a turn when Champaka's husband, who is the British High Commissioner, commits murder and the characters experience the wrath of a supernatural creature, now a bloodthirsty Pontiana, determined for revenge. So that is the synopsis of the play. What's in store? I'm going to find out now from Shafiq Shah Jahan. He is the director, writer and composer of Melo the Musical. He's also the founder of Liver and Lung Productions and Vasilis Konstantinides. He is a composer and a pianist, also composing the music for Melo the Musical. Welcome both of you. How are you today? Hello. Thank you very much. Hi, Juliet. Thanks for having us. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. So lovely. You're both in the studio with me today and uh, lovely to have you here. So uh, maybe I can start with you, Shafiq. I mean, you're no stranger to BFM, of course. You know, you've been on Front Row before with Sharmila. Uh, mm. Just remind us a little bit about Liver and Lung Productions, you know, the sort of work that you've done. I mentioned, you know, some of your big musicals there, but it, you've been around since 2014, right? Yes, I know. We're nearly nearly becoming 10 years old, Juliet, yeah. which is kind of a bit scary, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so Liver and Lung, I think our mandate has evolved over time, but I think now it's clearer than ever. I am obsessed and I am in love with my country. I'm very, I'm a very proud Malaysian and I'm very invested in the stories that we that that, that belong to us mm-hmm. and I have mandated it um, as liver and lungs kind of mission and my own personal mission to champion Malaysian stories on a global platform mm-hmm. so we take shows that are part of our zeitgeist like Sepet stories that are part of our legends like the Pontianak and we give them contemporary twists making them relevant and relatable to for modern modern audiences okay all right so this is your new mandate wonderful happy to hear it and I was, that was my going to be my next question you know I mean Pontianak so I was just curious you know did you grow up uh, watching Pontianak films you know did you hear lots of Pontianak stories when you were growing up as well? Yeah, so firstly, I, I, I'm obsessed with Malaysia's obsession with the supernatural. <laughs> we you are, know, <laughs> We are. And I think it says a lot about our culture. But I think in particular, the Pontianak is particularly interesting because I like to call her a proto-feminist symbol. Like, I think I like to reject the ideas that Western civilization coined feminism. I think we were feminists way before it was cool, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Pontianak is a feminist icon. She's like our original femme fatale. Uh, it's a woman who is pregnant and she is at the peak of her femininity. And then her femininity is stripped away for, from her as she is violently murdered. So she comes back for revenge. And I think 
of course, it's part of our zeitgeist. Like people are really interested in a kind of kind of comical way sometimes in the Pontianak as a symbol. But I'm more interested in looking at how she represents the trauma and the pain and the grief that women go through uh, during childbirth and, 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 and just being a woman in, in society. So I use the Pontianak. It's a horror musical, but I use it as a way to explore, I think, the way women are treated throughout generations in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And and for you, Vasilis, you know, um, did you grow up also with like sort of your own vampire stories? Uh, you know, was that, uh, how did you feel, you know, reading or learning about the Pontianak or our sort of, the sort of supernatural uh, stories here in Asia. So I hadn't heard of the Pontianak before I started working with Shaf on this one, but I was immediately hooked when I heard about it because it's so strange to see how Cypriot and Malaysian cultures are so, so similar. So a lot of the themes and the stories in the story of the Pontianak and actually in the story of Malor in general, I just like the themes are so close to people's hearts in Cyprus as well. So it felt very, very familiar and uh, yeah, Cyprus is also obsessed with its legends and its stories <laughs> and its rivers and its kings. So it's just it's just all like strangely familiar to me for some reason, even though I haven't been, you know, I was like I've never been to Malaysia before. Right. So there's some running themes, I suppose, right, yeah, in all yeah. our vampire sort of stories. But you know, when you wanted to take this on. Um, it's interesting, right? You said before that the Pontiana is one of Southeast Asia's most terrifying legends. Mm-hmm. Um, and you wanted to, of course, bring this genre of storytelling to the stage and, and in a musical form, no mm-hmm. less, right? I mean, why was that something that you wanted to do? So I, I love music, right? And I think it's one of the things that, unif- you know, that unifies us. And I think music transcends cultures. And I think... Malaysians in particular, we have a very musical way of life. Mm -hmm. Like I think we have a song to sing all the time. Um, (laughs) And I think the blending of horror and music, I thought, was just something that was so special for us because um, there are some things that words just can't say that music can express. Mm -hmm. And I think with a horror musical, with this show, we really wanted to make it more than just a horror musical. We wanted to make it a musical that really explored the horrors of humanity. And the only way to do that was to sing it. Okay. All right. And, you know, writing the music for this musical, I mean, both of you uh, obviously collaborated on this together. I mean, tell me a little bit about that. You know, what was that process like? You know, did you, yeah, how did you put yourselves into the feet of a Pontiana, I suppose? So I've worked with Chef before on different projects, and I think we really work very, very well together in terms of bringing our own approaches to the music and the story. And we really found a way to make it work for both of us. Um, and when he when he had this idea of working on a new musical on the Pontianak uh, in Malaysia, like I didn't know much about it, but I know what a great collaborator he is. So I had no reservations in just like jumping in. <laughs> and we've got a third composer uh, on the musical as well, which is um, who is local and make sure that you know everything that we write also sounds traditional and familiar to the people that are going to see the musical. Mm-hmm. And that's Badresh who composed Sepet the Musical with me. Okay. And so the the music I was reading, um, it has very sort of um, a local feel to it, isn't it? And it's, um, I mean, talk to me a little bit about the sort of sounds that we will hear. Yeah. So maybe I'll tell you a little bit about the show. So the show is set in the 1950s, um, in the first act at least. And it's told through a narrative frame that's set in the 90s. And then in act two, we have a surprise twist ah, yes, I that I cannot that. share with you, ah. Juliet. Ah. <laughs> I was hoping I would get that oh, scoop. Exclusive little no, I, no. yeah. But, but the idea is that the, the show jumps time periods quite a lot. And so to try okay. to take the audience through different musical uh, time journeys or time periods was a really difficult ch- task. But we have... 
um, I, I guess, motifs, late motifs that connect the whole show. And those motifs are inspired by traditional Malaysian folk music. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. And, you know, there are a lot of sort of symbolisms attached to, you know, what a Pontiana is, right? Mm-hmm. So this sort of scary, I mean, evil, right? There's the kind of the connotations. Are you trying to challenge any of those at all in this musical? Yeah. I mean, so I think I am more interested when when I th- when something like a Pontiana appears, I'm more interested in why society fears it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I use the Pontianak in this script to explore the horrors that men and women and children went through during the Malayan emergency. That, to me, is the real horror of the story, right? So, yes, yes, she's an evil demon, but I think I was more interested from the get-go when this musical was conceived all the way back in 2019 when I first came up with the idea um, in using it as a symbol to explore the horrors of humanity. So that, that's where the focus of the show has been, Juliet. Okay, all right. And so you said it was been from 2019. Sorry, I was reading somewhere that, you know, this, this production has been six years in the mm. making. Is, is, that, is that correct? Yeah, so I, the, fir- the first idea I came up with for Malora the Musical was actually a 20-minute musical segment as part of a bigger, wider anthology musical called Masuri and Other Peculiar Tales, okay. which we won our first ca- Bo Kami for mm-hmm. in 2017. So I was, I was wrong. It's not 2019, it's 2017. Okay. And back then it was a 20-minute short musical. And I knew from the get-go that that had potential to become bigger, but I knew at the time I didn't have the skills to scale it up. So after the success of Sepp at the musical, I realized, I think now I'm ready. Uh, okay. So it's been a long time in the making. Okay. And has that, you know, so it's evolved quite a bit from that original idea as well, right? I think, and I think I have evolved as an artist as well. I think previously I did try, it's, it's, the show is about colonization mm. and it's about the land and what happens when you take things from the land that you don't know. And I think I had those ideas back then. I just didn't know how to articulate them with nuance and with like a balanced approach. Mm-hmm. And now, I, now after living in the UK for so long, I've, I've, I think I've come to the to the politics and I've come to the ideas with a lot more consideration. Okay, all right. And you know, we would be remiss if we don't talk a little bit. I mentioned it earlier in the introduction what the story is about, but maybe uh, either one of you, you know, talk to me. I know there's surprises ahead. I know you can't give too much, but you know, just uh, give us a synopsis of what the story is about and the characters that we would meet. Either of you. So I'd say that the story really concentrates about our connection to the land, okay. and how that never changes throughout the decades and throughout the ages. So the socio-political. Uh, environments that we find ourselves in that are very tied to our lands they're very tied to us as well and there's not really escaping what's happening in the world Mm -hmm. in our personal lives and you can see that in the first act in the 90s 50s and 60s um but also in the twist in the second act that you know things might look different but in the end yeah our past will come and hunt us and um Ah, people will pay the price you know my mom has 11 sisters and no brothers. Okay. And that means that we have a very diverse um, selection of women in our family. Okay. And some of my aunties are very traditional and some of my aunties are very liberal. <laughs> and so the two women who uh, are the protagonists of this musical, Trumpaka and Malor, are inspired by the polar opposites of that spectrum. Right. Malor is very traditional. She respects the land. She's, she, she's obs- 
obsessed with Malaysian culture. She wants to protect the Malayan identity. She wants to build a Malaya that is for all, for Chinese and for Malays and for Indians. Whereas Chimpaka, she understands the evolving times. She moves with liberalism. She moves with the British mandate and she marries the British High Commissioner. So I think it's a story about how the different approaches um, to adapt to an evolving political landscape. And I don't think there's a right way. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you. So you mentioned, you know, uh, the two the two main protagonists, but you know, talk to me about their polar opposite husbands as well. So that's yeah. <laughs> who are uh, who are the other two characters? So Chimbaka is married to the British High Commissioner, yeah. um, whose name is in the in the show Sir Gerald Wilson, but he's actually inspired by Templar. Okay, um, Gerald Templar. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so he was a controversial character in our history. Um, Templar, because while he was very successful at clamping down communist insurgents and a lot of historians favor him, he made some pretty silly decisions, which caused a lot of tension between our races, right? So um, places like Gombak, Surikambangan and Ampang were new villages at the time. Um, And actually, that was just a euphemism for a concentration camp. You know, those places were very, uh, they basically falsely accused Chinese people of being communists, for being communists, took them away from their lands and put them in these concentration camps with strict curfews. Mm -hmm. So the story in Malora um, talks about how Malora smuggles a packet of nasi lemak into a concentration camp or into a new village and gets punished for it by, 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 the High Commissioner. High Commissioner. And Malora is married to uh, a, a Chekgu, a teacher who is, uh, his name is Siaman, and he slowly starts becoming more political and more in favor of the independence movement. Mm-hmm. So you have these polarizing couples, but they're both pregnant and they both have seven months, um, they're both seven months pregnant with their babies. Um, so they both represent the different Malaysias that could have been at the 50s. Mm-hmm. Okay, sounds really exciting. You know, when you were writing this, you know, talk to me about the research that went into it. It must have been quite quite an exciting sort of, you know, looking back into our history, finding those polar, you know, those polarizing concepts, bringing it all together. You know, Juliet, what I think really saddens me is that these stories go so forgotten, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I, I think I have a portfolio now. I've done, I, d- I did a whole series called the Malaya Relive series as well, where I take... I took um, really important pivotal moments in our country's history and like rehashed them. And it's it's so sad how no one knows anything. Mm. And it maybe says something about the way history is taught in our, in our schools. <laughs> I'm sorry if that's controversial. Not at all. Not um, but, you know, and these are really important stories because they formed our identity. Like, especially nowadays when we are questioning what it means to be Malaysian after such in, intense political change, we need to look back at our history to, to know what, what made us Malaysian in the first place. Why did we fight for independence? Why were we so, why was it important that we had to stand up against the British? What did Tunku Abdul Rahman have to sacrifice to get our identity? These stories are so important for us to help us like launch us into the future and and that's really why i i tell them of course the, of course the musical is a horror musical right of mm. course it's it's fun and it's going to be scary but i would love audiences to leave a little bit more uh, you know knowledgeable about where we come from the research process was very easy because i i'm, I'm quite a geek for these kind of things <laughs> and and also like i i, it's, I find i find it a responsibility right like i think as, as a young creative well am i young anymore i'm turning yes, 30 yeah. <laughs> don't rub it into the 40 year olds in the Oh my gosh. Julia, you look 16. Whatever, whatever, moving on. Um, It was easy for me, the research. Okay, okay. And and for you, Vasilis, you know, just sort of like learning about these things about Malaysian history, was that something that was also quite intriguing for you? I think the whole thing is intriguing. And I think, again, um, the most intriguing thing is to see how similar Malaysian culture is to my culture. Okay. And actually exploring Malaysia's history with Shaf 
it, it it's really helping me also reconnect with my roots uh, mm-hmm. as well because you know th- these themes are universal yeah. right the universal to like um all all cultures really um so it's been just like it's i felt i felt very loved doing this musical <laughs> and i felt strangely connected to my land and my family even though i'm like the furthest away that I've ever been from home. Okay, okay, that's nice. I'm I'm really happy to hear that. And let, now let's talk a little bit about the cast. You know, so you've got an amazing lineup uh, of performers. Uh, talk to me about who will be seeing on stage. So, um, so we have Tria Aziz, who oh, okay. is playing Malor, and I've been I've been like obsessing with Tria for a very long time <laughs> and being a fan fanboy from afar. So the fact that and I to be honest, Julia, I wrote the show for her. Wow. And okay. she doesn't know this. <laughs> and I so I was so nervous when I went to ask her to do it and, and she said yes, thankfully. So Aww. that's great. Um and then one I, exclusive then I got it. <laughs> Triazis. <laughs> it was written with you in mind. And Kai Chalmers, who was in Ola Bola, who plays the antagonist, mm-hmm. um, Sir Gerald Wilson. And then we also have um, Mila Mosin, who plays um Chimpaka, and it would be her like first original musical debut in in, in Malaysia. Um, after doing a lot of things in the side. She's phenomenal as an actress. Just one of the most natural actresses I've ever worked with. I'm so honored to have her on stage. And then we have Anwar Rosdini, who's been in Mud KL and Piram Lee, uh, playing Cheku Aman. Okay, all right. And I was reading that, you know, you were workshopping the musical over in London, right? This was, I think, sometime late last year. You also had a sort of a, a, a preview, am I correct in saying that? Did, yes, yeah? we did. So I have been selected to be one of the Soho Theatre in London's, like, their young writers. Oh, congratulations. Um, thank you. And I was very conscious and I had a chip on my shoulder because I, obviously I've done all these Malaysian stories and I was worried that I couldn't translate them for global audiences. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I learned there was actually, as Vasso eloquently put just now, in specificity you find universality. That's the lesson that they taught us. They were like, go even further into to what makes you authentic because in the authenticity you're going to find lessons that will translate. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I learned in the preview when we did, when we, I previewed the monologue and a few songs at the Soho Theatre. Um, everyone responded to it so hauntingly. Even the most crazy, really weird local nuances, like the Pontianak not having feet, you know, they 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 were scared. <laughs> um, so it's actually, everyone thinks that Malaysia is a little bit of an of a bubble. We were we're not. We're just like everyone else. Okay, all right. So I love that. Uh, what, what was it? Was in the... specificity in? you find universality? You find universe. I love that. Okay, <laughs> all right. And just uh, very quickly again about the music, right? So as I mentioned, original music lyrics uh, inspired by traditional Malays, uh, Malay folk songs, right? So a lot of horror. In influences as well would you say yeah definitely and a lot of horror influences from d- different periods of time again we don't want to give away um too much but the audiences you here can you tell no, 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 no. <laughs> but the audiences are definitely in um for a treat and a few jump scares that i think they're really going to enjoy mm-hmm. julia this is the this is such a big step up from separate the musical okay. yeah you know I, i'll i'll be on i'll be transparent about the commercial the f- finances as well we've like doubled the cost <laughs> doubled the cast doubled the band size doubled the number of songs there are 26 songs in this show wow okay. it's two hours and two and a half hours it's like a proper musical that i think is fit for the west end you know yeah definitely. in terms of like content um i think this is something that i've never done before i've not really seen anything especially not not in malaysia but i would say not even 
globally because it's just such an ambitious story. So, so we really hope we pull it off, Juliet. You will, <laughs> of course, you will. And and you've got uh, um, uh, talk to me about the musicians that you've got uh, working with you as well. Yeah, we've got um, a nine-piece band for the musical. Um, they are incredibly talented. We started rehearsals a couple of weeks ago, and nice. I've just been blown away by the talent of the people in, in the room. We're also working with uh, Irina, orchestrator um, and director um, for the live shows, who is incredibly talented and such a joy and honor to be working with uh, as well. And of course, Badrish, our uh, the co-composer, who is also incredibly talented. Honestly, Juliet, I've met like the most talented people in, like <laughs> that I've ever worked with, uh, like doing this musical. And I'm just like, I'm so honored for it. Okay. And it's all going to translate on stage and it's happening, uh, you know, just next week. It starts, it kicks off on the 16th, right? Uh, yes. okay, the fear in the eyes. <laughs> it will be wonderful. Don't worry. So um, I do, I do understand because, you know, it does contain, you know, certain themes that might not, uh, I guess, be suitable for younger ages, right? So this is suitable for kids, uh, for, for ages 12 and above, am I yeah. correct? And obviously, I think <laughs> this is me having been a theatre practitioner in the UK, but I have to give content warnings now because I want to make sure that we create a safe space for everyone. There are themes of death, there are themes of loss and grief, um, and themes about violence against women as well. Um, but we try to do it as sensitively and as accurately and as... Respectfully? <sighs> Respectfully as possible. Okay, all right. Okay, so... It sounds amazing. I'm really excited. I've like I like you said. I've never seen anything like this before. Uh, on well, I've only been here mostly, so on the Malaysian stage. We're really excited to see it. Um, before I let you both go, you know, any last message that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Vasilis, you want to go first? I think my message is come see the show. It's going to be great. I think people are going to love it. I think my message is I don't think original Malaysian musical theatre happens very often, um, and that's sad. Right, because we are such a talented group of people. There's so many amazing actors and singers and composers out there in Malaysia. But just because of the ecosystem and the lack of investment, they're hard to come by. Please support local Malaysian musical theatre. You will be mind blown by what you will see. I think this is going to be an amazing show. I've not seen anything like it, not just because... I'm, I'm the director and the writer, but because I'm working with such talented people. And most importantly, it's going to be a thrill and it's going to be fun and it's going to be scary and you're going to be, you're, you're going to be on the edge of your seats. But you'll also learn a lot about um, Malaysia and its identity and the land that we live on. You know, it's, I know it's a horror musical, but it's also romantic. It's tragic. It's educational. It's motivational. And it's going to be a fun ride. Okay. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for joining me today. Um, so, of course, Melo the Musical runs from the 16th to the 26th of February. It's happening over at PJ Pack in Wanutama. And ticket prices range from 100 ringgit to 125 ringgit and can be purchased online at onetix.com.my. That's O-N-E-T-I-X.com.my. Uh, and as Shafiq mentioned, you know, the musical does contain themes of death, bereavement, as well as acts of violence, horror, and death on stage. So it's suitable for ages 12 and above. If you'd like more details and updates, you can visit liver and lung.com and I'm sure you guys are also active on social media yeah so our Instagram is liver underscore and underscore lung and my Instagram handle is Shafiq Shahjahan okay all right my thanks again to both my guests I've been speaking to Shafiq Shahjahan director writer and composer of Melo the Musical he's also the founder of liver and lung productions and Vasilis Konstantinides he is a pianist and the composer for Melo the Musical if you miss any part of our conversation today you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash front dash row or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. The answer lies not in pouring more troops into the jungle, 
but in the hearts and minds of the people. Sir Wilson has built on the Briggs plan, relocating Chinese farmers to new villages. His critics call them concentration camps. Inhabitants of Ambang, Gombang and Serikambangan are placed under strict curfews with tight controls and food supply. It is in Malaya in the year 1952 where we meet our anti-hero. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.